Hey, it's Vadim here from the DIY Recording Guys. And on this week's episode, Ben and I talk about whether it makes sense for you to DIY record your next release. It's a DIY recording podcast. So, of course, at least part of the answer is yes, of course it makes sense. But there are some compelling reasons why it may not be the right time or it may not be right for your next release. So Ben and I are going to go back and forth and hopefully help you make an informed decision. Enjoy. You are listening to the DIY Recording Guys podcast, your one-stop information source for DIY music production with your hosts, Fadim Karaz and Benjamin Hall. All right, DIY Recording Guys, episode five. I'm your host, Vadim, and with me, your other host, Ben. Ben, how's it going? What's going really good, Vadim? How about you, man? I'm not too bad. Give me uh, give me one piece of non-music news that's going on with you. <sighs> non-music news. This is gonna <laughs> this is gonna be so nerdy, but uh, I just bought Death Stranding, which is that game that everybody's been talking about for PS4, and I freaking love it. <laughs> it's so polarizing. What kind of game but- is it? I, I'm I'm not I'm not in the know on these things. I'm not one of the everyone who's talking about it. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I guess you would only be talking about it if you're really into gaming or a big Hideo Kojima fan. Uh, so he was the guy that made all the Metal Gear series. Do you remember oh, any? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And he's kind of beloved, and he kind of had so quick, quick backstory. He had a falling out with Konami, who produced all of the uh, Metal Gear games. And a lot of people say that like the second half of Metal Gear Solid Five, which was the last, um, the last game they made in that saga, the second half of the game feels unfinished. And for it hasn't come out into the light yet, but for some reason, he had a bad falling out with those guys, and they basically fired him. And other people finished the game for whatever reason. And so, gotcha. He went off, and it's kind of like a Cinderella story in some ways, and that's I think part of the hook of it, like. So he started his new studio from scratch to make this game only four years ago and basically produced like a full like triple A amazing. I mean, it's it's the same level of game that you would in comparison to movies that you would see like a Marvel studio make. Gotcha. And the game is really polarizing because it's, it's very different, so a lot of reviews have been like, this is a 10, the most amazing thing ever, and other people have been like, this is just mediocre, it's weird. Um, but I just love that he wasn't afraid to do something really different, and I love the, uh, the Cinderella story of it. It's cool to be playing a game that is like half a video game and half a movie. Like, yeah. in some ways, it's kind of like the two mediums are... are kind of mixing a little bit and I really like that because you know like running a studio having a fiance doing all the other things that adults do I don't have time to like sit down and play video games all the time so it's nice to just at the end of the night sit down for like an hour and just engage yourself in kind of a mini series that you're interacting with more than just watching so let me ask you this because yeah. I, I used to play a lot of video games is this the type of game where like it's cinematic enough and compelling enough of a story that your fiance can watch you play it and enjoy herself or no? Yeah, she has. I mean, she's kind of, 
she likes games too. Like she was playing Dark Souls, so she's no like casual gamer. I mean, we're getting really off topic there, but it's just kind <laughs> yeah, of captivating right. to ju- we- jump into something like that. Good question though, man. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Give me a, uh, just real quick, give me one piece of music news about you. Oh, good question. I just joined a new band, um, local band in my area. Their name is Nafel, and uh, they play instrumental prog music, so no vocals at all. And that's right up my alley. Yeah, it's very, very, very cool stuff. I can't wait to show you some of it. Um, it actually was something... Uh, uh, it was something that I was trying to, in some ways, I guess, um, see if I could work on the project because I like the songs a lot. And then from showing interest, they're like, oh, you play bass. That's cool. And, well, we actually need a bass player. And so kind of got sucked into playing in the band. But, you know, I say sucked in like it's a bad thing. But no, like it's awesome. The guys are really talented, really cool. So they're working on a four song EP right now. I'm excited to share that with everyone. That's very cool. You know, it's like we get into the studio stuff and every now and then if you get to uh, play with a band or pick up your instrument, you just, it kind of reminds you of why you got into this whole thing. Uh, that's always, uh, it's always a nice experience. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the same for you as it is for me, but like I used to practice all the time whenever I was younger, but after getting into mixing. I never practiced. That was my problem. <laughs> Are you, that's why I suck at guitar. Right? But anyway, go ahead. So, yeah, I used to play all the time, but after getting into the studio stuff, like that became where all my focus went to. So, yeah, yeah. If I have free time, I'm working on something mixing wise. I'm I'm essentially practicing that. But like, I really, I shamefully say this, but I really don't practice bass anymore. And so, to play in a band where I have to actually work on my technique and work on my playing for songs that's yeah that's really good for me because it gives me the motivation to actually have to work on it because otherwise i wouldn't yeah that is good all right let's get into this week's topic so this week's the uh the topic is can i really diy record my own projects and ben why don't you uh get us started here can i really diy record my own projects guess what you can and we just <laughs> and we just outlined a way that you could do it for under a thousand dollars. So part of the um, part of the exercise here was not just that it was fun for Vadim and I, and not just that it was fun for you guys to listen for what we came up with, but just to show you that I would absolutely use this budget setup to record a band and not be afraid of it turning out crappy. I. I could absolutely get some awesome sounds out of this something that i would be proud to send off for mixing and share with the world yeah absolutely and and i think there's there's a really funny concept here and you know the the quote unquote diy concept like there's no line between diy and professional if you own your own gear and you're a professional and you've been doing this for 30 years then you're effectively doing it diy you're just doing it really well Right. There's no line to, to draw there. Um, so, yeah, the answer, of course, is yes, you can. Um, I kind of split split the question into two parts. There's there's the recording part and then there's the post-production part. And, you know, your decision on whether to do one or none or both of those may vary. I, I like to break it down into a resource question. So you basically have two resources. You have time and you have money. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. I'll give you an extreme example of like, if you came up with a tune and for whatever reason, just, it just needs a flute solo. Like it's just going to really complete the tune. <laughs> and, you know, you could spend a thousand hours learning how to play the flute, or you could pay somebody $35 to do it online. And unless you have aspirations to play the flute, it's probably not worth your thousand hours. Right. So that's like a really obvious example. Yeah. But, you know, you could ask yourself a similar question for recording. And one of the things is, do you have the time to, to learn and be frustrated a little and um, kind of experiment and, and get what you need to get? Or are you on a time crunch, right? Maybe you need to, re- you guys are, go- your band is going on tour and you need to release this. You know, there's kind of different considerations there. Um, another question is how much interest do you have in the process, right? If you're, mm. if you're the type of person that your, your eyes glaze over when you, as soon as you start reading an article about where to place a microphone, uh, you know, this might not, not be for you, but if you're really interested in it and you want to know how it works, then yeah, absolutely. You know, recording yourself can, can offer an opportunity to learn and, uh, become a better musician actually. Do you have anything to say about those, those yeah, things? Yeah, that's well said. I, I think the things that that I had thought of mentioning as well were they're kind of tag points off of, I don't think anything necessarily new to add on to what you said, but maybe a different way of looking at it. So, um, I think it's important to keep in mind when you're thinking about, well, this whole concept of home studio, do it yourself versus commercial space. Mm. And, and you hear a lot of people talk about at times, Oh, like I actually just had somebody come into my studio last week and he's like, this is a really cool space. And I really like your, I like your ear, but we want to go to a professional studio this time. It's kind of like a punch in the gut Mm. in some ways, because I wouldn't consider a commercial state as any, or a commercial space as any more professional than my space. I would delineate that as saying, well, you're going to a commercial space versus a home studio, but they're both professional. It's just two different environments. So along with the comparing and contrasting of uh, maybe a, com- a commercial space versus, let's just say DIY. Mm. So are you going to choose to do this yourself? Or are you going to choose to go with somebody else at a professional studio, um, uh, commercial space? It's important to keep in mind, you know, where, where the money is going. And you were, you were talking about this or, or why you would pay somebody to do this. And just to keep yourself from thinking that throwing money at a problem is going to solve all your problems. Uh, so with that being said, the reason you would pay a studio to go and record your band rather than do it yourself is either the facility, you know, they have a better either room or uh, gear that you want to use. You're paying for the recording engineer's experience because experience is worth something or you're paying for, and this is kind of related or you're paying for their ability, but you could have somebody that has uh, a high, a high aptitude for recording that doesn't have too much experience and vice versa. Somebody that has a lot of experience that maybe isn't as good as somebody else. So all these things come into play whenever you're thinking about going and recording with somebody else. But I think, I think it's I think it's interesting to think about 
those specific things though, whenever you go and either decide to hire somebody or decide to do it yourself, you know, and not to think that, oh, this place is really expensive. So it must equal, it must mean if we choose them, then it's going to equal like amazing sounding songs or an amazing sounding project. Do you, do you see what I'm trying to say with that? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that, that I caught there was that the quality of the output isn't necessarily proportional to how much you pay, right? Yeah. For one thing. I, I do, I was kind of bulleting it out. So, you know, things that studio, a commercial studio might offer, or even just any studio, just paying somebody for production offers you a couple of opportunities. Um, for one thing, it offers you an opportunity to learn how, uh, you know, learn how somebody who does this frequently, what's their workflow like? How do they go about setting up microphones? That can be valuable. Uh, you can also get some production feedback and it kind of helps you supercharge your creativity to get somebody who's around music all the time to, you know, give you their opinion and maybe come up with some suggestions on how to make your song a little bit better. Uh, the third bullet I have here is just to get results faster. Again, that's that time component. You know, you might Going into a studio, if you're well rehearsed, you'll probably get done faster than if you were doing it yourself because, again, you're just you're, you're paying for a person's experience. Um, they know how to get the results a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, there's you could also be rushed. You could also feel rushed in a studio space because you're paying by the hour or because the engineer is a little bored and maybe doesn't seem interested. There's a... Not, you know, that, that, that type of stuff happens. Actually, that was my first studio experience when I was, I think I was like 14 years old or 15 years old. I went into this studio with kind of a, a, a band that I was, I was sort of playing with at the time. And I remember being, it wasn't like a fun experience. The guy hmm. was like 30 years older than us and bored and he was kind of salty and I just felt really rushed the whole time and didn't, wasn't happy with my performance it was kind of after that that I, I really started considering like, hey, I should I should look into recording myself. And uh, along those lines, that so working DIY offers you, first of all, also an opportunity to learn because <laughs> maybe a more meaningful learning, but less efficiently, right? Because you have to learn by making mistakes. Um, but it lets you take your time and experiment without feeling rushed, which is which can be good for your uh, for your creativity as well. Yeah. And there's something to be said too, for even if you wind up deciding to go record at a commercial professional studio space or a home studio that's professional, um, there's something to be said for investing in some recording gear anyways, and learning how to do it, because I think it's going to help you speak that language of recording. And I, I mentioned this in our first episode with, you know, who are we and where do we come from, where... Like I was a really monster bass player when I first started playing in some bands and like I knew that I was good. Like I'm not the best, but I knew that I was good. But when it came to like recording and tracking, like I was just awful. I was abysmal. Like I couldn't play with the click track. Mm. I didn't like understand that concept. So um, just because you might be good at playing with your band doesn't automatically translate over into being able to track a record really well. Yeah, very so, good point. Yeah, there's something to be said for even, you know, whether you're um, a solo artist, singer-songwriter, or you're in a band, there's something to be said for 
yeah, you know, let's just start investing in, you know, whether it's GarageBand or Logic or Pro Tools. Let's just start learning some of this recording stuff because it's going to make us better when we go into the studio. Absolutely. And it's, it provides you an opportunity also uh, for songwriting, for capturing your ideas and communicating them to your, your bandmates. So having some, some basic understanding is definitely warranted. And as you said, Ben, I think it makes you more efficient, more confident uh, in the studio, whether, or in a recording situation, right? Whether you're in a commercial space or in your rehearsal space. How about, um, Let's touch on post-production a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Can you, can you DIY mix your project? So you're considering, what would you, before we answer that, what would you consider under post-production? So post-production is we've, we have stems. We have the recorded raw okay. tracks that are coming off the microphones, and now we're thinking what to do next. Okay. Yeah, I think and this falls into my recording workflow a lot. So anytime that I am working on a project and I feel like the song is just not complete yet, there's an element missing, then that's whenever I'll start messing around with either effects on the tracks or adding other ambient elements. And I'm a huge fan of synths and just other atmospheric sounds in the background that just kind of help to fill in. Mm. And a lot, of, a lot of digital audio workstations come with soft synths, virtual instruments that you can trigger with either a MIDI keyboard or on your laptop computer or desktop computer. Um, or you can even write it in by hand with your mouse. But um, you can come up with some parts that maybe maybe it's just the root note and you have like a really ambient synth in the background during a chorus and it just helps to elevate. So I'll do I'll do that kind of a thing or um tambourine shakers are always good for adding energy into parts like that. Is that kind of the stuff you're talking about, Vadim? So to me that's still production. Right? Those oh, types of decisions on like where should we you know there's definitely a gray area there, but Yeah. If you're talking about like, because some of those decisions are made in the mixing phase, um, but I'm talking about more of when it's time to balance all of the parts to make sure that oh, the, yeah. you know, the emotion of the song flows, kind of that, you know, I guess it starts with editing, um, but it starts with, well, yeah, it starts with editing after you have all of your stems. So my, my assumption here is that you've already taken care of like, oh yeah, I need a tambourine in this part, like sure so right i need my i got my flute solo i got my 20 minute flute solo because i gotta have that you have all that stuff and now you just need to kind of polish everything up edit it and mix it okay all right with that being said um my philosophy for a song is that it always has to maybe not build an energy because i do like some songs that have downer parts in the middle or towards the end but it all, a song always has to build an interest. I always keep that in the back of my mind. I never want to be listening and get bored. And if I ever get bored when I'm listening to a song that I'm working on, that means I need to add something or, or I need to take something away. And one of my favorite things to do is cut out um, rhythm instruments and a second verse. I've done that quite a few times, but you know, I'll have, I'll have all the parts recorded out 
And let's just say we're a typical rock band. We got vocal, guitar, bass, drums. Everything comes in. It's slamming. We got verse one, uh, intro, verse one, chorus. And then we hit verse two. I'll just try experimenting around with like, maybe let's cut out the guitars for the first half of that second verse. You know, little things, little things like that or cutting out, um, cutting out the bass guitar at different times or maybe doing a full cut and like having the vocal just ride out at certain parts. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was more saying like philosophically, <laughs> I, I agree with everything you said, by the way, but philosophically speaking, like, should you, like we talk about on this podcast is all about producing your own songs, right? Right. Handling your own recordings, doing that. And so, um, yeah, I know we kind of didn't, <laughs> I kind of threw you into the, to the wolves here with that uh, question. Why don't you go first? Why don't you give me your example? And that may, <laughs> that might prime me a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry about that. I should have, I should have warned you. So yeah, I, I split, I split this whole section, as I said, into, into two parts, right? So there's like production and there's post-production. So my thoughts on, on post-production on DIY post-production, I'll say, mm. are that a lot of it depends on on the genre you're you're working on or you're working in. I think certain genres are definitely easier to get passable DIY results in terms of post production. Like for example, if you're working in a very kind of live or organic type genre like folk music or punk rock, where that authenticity is a big as a big part of the sound, then I think you know, the, the post-production process is almost pretty hands-off, possibly for those types of genres. Um, and even for, um, yeah, yeah. On the, on the flip side, if you're working in a, in a production-heavy genre like pop or metal, um, it may be more difficult to get high-quality results that are kind of genre-appropriate, I'll say. Mm. Uh, so you have to kind of gauge that for yourself. And and one thing I, I kind of recommend to people sometimes that actually I still do this from from time to time. I, I don't do master I don't offer mastering per se, but every song I mix, I do provide the artist with a mastered version just as a kind of a nice to have. But when I when I do that for EPs, sometimes I'll pay a mastering engineer to master one or two of the songs. And then I'll use those uh to reference when I master the rest of it, kind of DIY, mm. quote unquote, right? That's not really my expertise, but it's a nice way to get a reference point. And if you're curious, you know, can I mix my own song? That is an option is maybe, you know, pay somebody to mix one song and then compare it to your mix and see how close you are. You may find you're, you're closer than you think, or you may find you still have some work to do, uh, but it's nice to kind of benchmark your, um, your skills there. Put a pause on that real quick. I don't yeah. know why, but my TV just started playing. It's super weird. Give me one second. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh my gosh, it was so what weird. Were you home alone and your TV turned on? No, it was my, um, that would have been really creepy. It was my phone. Anyways, yeah, I can jump in right where you were there because I had some... Yeah, go for it. Now that it. I know what I'm talking about, <laughs> I can yeah, jump Sorry in. about that. I, no, I should have okay. explained it. It's okay. When you were talking about that, one of the things that came to mind... Uh, talking about can can I get results recording myself that sound like the genre that I'm trying to emulate or trying to be in and a lot of the it is interesting that a lot of the metal music that I listen to and I really like I always think it's so funny that those drum sets in a lot of those songs like this those snare drums don't ever sound like a live snare drum sounds 
Do you, do you know yeah. what I mean? They sound Absolutely. like a, they sound like an explosion <laughs> or a gunshot going off, and yeah, yeah. there's no snare drum in in the world. No matter if you you could spend ten thousand dollars on a snare drum, and it's just no, not going to sound like that. And that's all the production techniques that go into it. Versus if you're playing in a, I don't know, like a emo post punk type of very do it yourself indie kind of group, like those tones are pretty much the recorded tones and there's not really any production put on those at all which i guess is a benefit of now i'm not really a fan of those genres or those production styles as much but i mean that's definitely a benefit to the band if you're recording yourself you're way closer to your finished project if you're doing that kind of music so that is a really that's a really great thing to keep in mind and also something that uh not to be discouraged about if you're if you want to be a modern pop artist or a K-pop artist, uh, and you're recording your own stuff, and it's not sounding maybe up to par with those other professional recordings. You just got to keep in mind that there's some very expensive gear that's going into those vocal tracks and reverbs and just a lot of a lot of production on on the back end that's making things sound the way that it is and maybe not so much your recording quality as it is all the time and attention that's put into that production yeah yeah and it's yeah there's a lot of um knowledge as well on production techniques which again yeah absolutely can you learn those things yes people are making those records out of home studios like songs you've heard of are being mixed in home studios no question but it is a time investment. It's like that flute solo. You might have to invest some time learning about those techniques. But I like what you said there is basically even even if it's you don't get your own song mixed, just just pull up a reference track that's sim- in a similar genre. Press play with your you know, push f- the faders up on your song and just see how close it is. Is yeah. Is this is the snare drum sounding close or is it going to need a little bit of work? So, yeah, there's certainly some production heavy genres. And actually there's there's a really wide gap there. If you just listen mm-hmm. to the radio on um, you know, what songs that are heavily produced versus songs with minimal production, right? It's a pretty wide gap there. Yeah, and it and it all comes down to your individual taste, whatever whatever you want. And that's, that's part of the fun in music is just, there's no, there's better answers and worse answers, but there's no absolute right answer to any of this stuff. Sure. It's part of the, part of the fun of it. Um, I think a good way of um, summarizing this episode, cause that's pretty much all I had. If, if that's everything you had. Yeah. Um, one thing that you said earlier that I think would be really good to kind of summarize things and my mind just went blank. <laughs> uh, what was it about? I think it had to do with like the last thing that I said as far as... Oh, now I remember what it is. Thank you. <laughs> so a good way of summarizing this episode is just gauging, looking inward and engaging your interest in this. You know, if we're as we're talking about all, all these different things, does it excite you and make you interested? Or would you rather just sit in your room and, and play your guitar? And I think that's, that's perfectly fine. Like not everybody has to be interested in this stuff, but if, if you are taking interest in it, maybe it's something that you should invest some time into. Yeah, that's a great point. Some people definitely, their art is their instrument and they want to focus on that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I remember for me, <laughs> I wasn't joking before when I said, you know, practicing the guitar for me was, a grind. I didn't 
it didn't naturally want to do it. I had to force myself. Whereas, you know, practicing mixing was something that I enjoyed. So I kind of gravitated towards it. So yeah, if you're gravitating towards it, then, uh, then a little DIY is uh, good for the soul. I think so too. Well, it's been a good episode, guys. So I guess until next time. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. All right. Take care. If you're enjoying the podcast, take a minute to leave a rating wherever you like to listen to it or share it with your friends on social media. Also, Benjamin and I are working engineers and we love helping people turn ideas into finished productions. So if you're interested in working with one of us or just want to discuss a project you're working on, reach out. You can find my work at calmfrogrecording.com. Get me on Instagram at calmfrogrecording or shoot me an email vk at calmfrogrecording.com. And you can check Benjamin's workout at dreamloudstudio.com. Hit him up on Instagram at dreamloudstudio or by email, ben at dreamloudstudio.com. And finally, join our Facebook group to engage with a whole group of friendly, like-minded people who are interested in DIY recording. Just search for DIY Recording Guys on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and for your continued support. I'll see you next week.